0: and welcome back to feeling seen the podcast that talks about the movies that make us feel seen and my co-host today is a is a comic who like like i mean really pound for pound gymnasts i believe are the hardest working athletes in the world and i think in like entertainment pound for pound the hardest working people in the world are drag queens and comics <laughs> So I present to you today one of that class of the hardest working folks in show business. You might have seen him on any number of late night shows. Uh, Letterman, Seth Meyers, Last Comic Standing, he's been on Last Comic Standing. Uh, Maybe you've listened to his podcasts. Uh, There are at least two in the mix. The Faucet and Broccoli and Ice Cream are the two that I'll refer you to. Here today, he has albums, Vegan Mind Meld, and the newer one, A.K.A., comedy specials out there as well, one on Amazon called Small, Dork, and Handsome, and a new Dry Bar special called Live from the Universe. We've run through your credits. Mike Kaplan, what else do the people need to know about you before we get going Uh, today? That's all the
1: time we have for today. Thank you so much. and Thank Uh, you. Thank you. uh, A great pleasure to be here. You know, the longer... I have done comedy. The more things there are to say, and the less time there is to uh, to podcast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I I am happy for people to engage with my comedy uh, wherever they find it. If you plug mm-hmm. my name in anywhere i don't i hope that this isn't you know uh overstepping uh or you know like getting getting ahead of ourselves but i feel seen by that introduction so oh good i'm so glad the the introduction that you read from uh, perhaps uh, a bio that i sent or that you no, you no, discovered this is all yourself
0: handwritten. <laughs> this is handwritten in my notes <laughs>
1: this is handwritten in the notes i love it so yeah i guess one more one the only thing i'll i'll add that i'm proud of since uh, of this this year, my friend Ramin Nazer, who is an amazing artist and comedian, he and I collaborated on a book. Uh, that oh, or,
0: yes, 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 uh,
1: that is called Heart Brain Art Train, and that came out uh just a couple months ago and is available through our websites. But other, and that is you know, uh, ni- neither here nor there, or it's here and there, it's everywhere. If it's uh,
0: comedy and it's art and it's in a book, like why choose? A hundred, yes, and a
1: hundred percent. Well, so. Anyway, thank you. Uh, everything that you said, if it had been all, even just one piece of anything that you had said, Dianu, it would have been enough. And uh, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: You're so welcome. And I think they're like, I, you know, going through, I was like checking out your, when I was looking up your podcast and I was like reading descriptions for episodes and stuff, like I feel like there was very much a tenor in your descriptions of like this week we're talking to It was kind of like, like friend, comic, (laughs) like someone I'm really excited about. And there felt to me like a a shared sense between our two, our podcasting missions perhaps as individuals, Mm. is really celebrating people and the sort of specific humanity of each one of us and i wondered how you felt about me making that assertion to you uh
1: thank you number 1 for making the assertion and number 2 for asking me how i felt about it <laughs> uh yes i i appreciate that you said it i agree with you and
0: okay good yeah
1: i i love i do i do love on my podcast i mean I feel like I don't know how else I would do it other than to, you know, invite people that I care about or I'm interested in learning about or that I know sometimes friends that I've known for a long, long time, sometimes like a new friend who, you know, or a person that I've never met but has been recommended be like, oh, I think you would enjoy meeting this, you know author activist politician somebody who you know cares about the same kinds of things that you care about or makes the kind of art that you would be interested in and so yeah getting to know i feel like any human being that wants to you know be on be on like you know that wants to open up and share of themselves i'm like yeah i would like to uh you know push down on the the open button and uh and and welcome them in. So I feel like, yeah, I this is my first experience with your show, and
0: uh, <laughs> fantastic. But and I welcome.
1: already, uh, I mean, I I feel I feel welcome. I feel. I mean, what if I said, I was like, I feel heard and and felt and I feel smelled. I feel... I'm like, we're getting,
0: we're getting so yeah, yeah. close. I feel moved right and on touched the tip of it.
1: kinesthetically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in, in all of these ways. Uh, but yeah, so thank, thank you again. Yes, I, I feel... Of course. I feel that that is an apt analogy.
0: Well, like speaking of the ways in which we are, you know, connecting to the media. Yes. Uh, present in front of us please tell us a bit about the character that you have brought for us to discuss today.
1: Sure. The character is Walter Mitty from the, I think, 2013 or so, uh, maybe give or take a year. Uh, mm-hmm. The I, It's a remake. I haven't seen the original, but the movie is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty uh, mm-hmm. featuring Ben Stiller as the titular Walter Mitty.
0: God, you're not worthy.
1: I just live by the ABCs. Adventurous, brave, creative. That's everything I want in a man. My man? Hey, my man, you still there? Hey. What, did you pass out, or...?
0: No, I just, like, zoned out for a second. Oh, okay. Do you do that a lot? Uh... normal amount. I guess
1: this just in it is 2013. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh,
0: Producer Marissa confirming it is a 2013 movie. uh,
1: Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I've enjoyed Ben Stiller movies like throughout, uh, you know, throughout my life and Mm -hmm. many of them ranging from the very like silly and absurd to the, I like this one is there is silliness. There is absurdity. And there is also like this real like grounding of, you know, sort of heart and emotional, uh, yeah
0: then there's then there's like serious lost adult Ben Stiller just like Greenberg and this and he yeah he there's a whole chapter of Ben Stiller's career where he's like going through it as a, like a generally well like a comfortably taken care of adult
1: yes um and so so that is to answer your question that is the character I have brought for us
0: mm-hmm and so did you see this when it came out in 2013, or did you come to it later?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I know that at this point, I, I so I rewatched it over this past weekend to mm-hmm. uh, prepare, uh, and I took a few notes. I'm like, why do I feel this way? Um, yeah. And I I remember sharing the movie with Rini, my girlfriend, uh, mm-hmm. pos- probably over the past several years, and, and then I'm... I don't know if the first time I saw it was, like, on a plane. I don't remember if I saw it in a theater. Uh, mm-hmm. I so, But it was definitely some years ago. It was sometime between 2013 and 2017 that I saw okay. it. And it just... It, sometimes there's just art that really makes me feel like, yes, like I am being, mm-hmm. I feel, like, cared for by... Uh, by the creator. Like, I feel like Neil Gaiman's books do this for me that like, Mm. like when I'm reading them, I'm like, I to not to get too far afield, but I, I heard that one time Stephen Sondheim who created the musical, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum uh, Mm -hmm. when they first brought it out to the people People didn't laugh at it, even though it was a comedy. And okay. and they assessed that they're like, maybe they didn't really understand that it was a comedy. So he wrote a new song to open the show called Comedy Tonight. And basically, it was like, <laughs> hey, everyone, this is comedy. And then after that, everyone was like, oh, of course, comedy. It's very funny. And they mm-hmm. laughed at it, and it was re- well-received. That's my understanding of that story. And so I started at the beginning of some of my shows uh, letting people know, like, I am weird And it is under control. And I am... It is under control. Don't worry.
0: You're in safe hands. This is
1: all on purpose. And, like, (laughs) so I feel like whether that's, you know, explicitly stated, I feel like some art, like, implicitly, like, you know, delivers that message that, you know, sometimes if you go to, like, an open mic and you see a new comedian or a new aspiring comedian and you're like, are they in control of their instrument? Like, it can be... Yeah. Fun to watch. But you're also like, oh, are you like I when I started out, I was more like asking jokes than telling jokes I'm like this okay. is this is this maybe. <laughs> and now I'm like this. Definitely this. And people are like, really? And I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm not sure. Great question.
0: Yeah. But, <laughs> don't, don't take
1: my word. Yeah, for absolutely. So it's always a balancing act. But this is all to say, like, I feel like this movie also delivered that that comforting feel like sometimes you know you can see read a book or see a piece of art or you know watch a movie and be like I got it I don't need to see it again uh mm-hmm. like or, or you know but obviously like the best you know the most resonant ones you can watch over and over and they're like like a song like as opposed to like a joke that de- depends on surprise you know like mm-hmm. that you can watch uh and watch for the feelings that it delivers and so uh to answer your question yes I don't remember exactly what I watched it for the first time <laughs>
0: What do you see? This photo cluster? These three? They're the only printable ones. He took them around the same time he took 25. They could give us a clue to where Sean is. Blow them up, all right? Cool. You know, when you first really started feeling yourself connecting with the character, was it like office Walter where he was like quiet and sort of like an expert at his very specific and isolated job or like a man wanting more or a man who felt like he hadn't done enough like where was your entry point for Walter or perhaps the man who is punching sharks and diving (laughs) out of helicopters over Scandinavian Nordic seas
1: great question uh so I think zooming out like the answer will ultimately be all of it but mm. the the path of his life in this you know in this 2 hour movie like mm-hmm. sort of mimics the path of my life over the course of, you know, like two decades where Mm. I was shy. I was introverted. I liked girls and didn't know how to talk to them. So like, I feel like, you know, Walter in the beginning when he was just kind of quiet and kept to himself and had a crush on this woman at his work and he like tries Mm -hmm. to reach out to her and like she like waves and says hello and he's like, hey, and then a woman behind him is the person that she's (laughs) actually talking to. Yeah, her friend is behind him. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey. How was your weekend? I had an awesome weekend.
1: I feel like that uh, almost 100% has happened to me. And, you know, (laughs) living in a world of imagination as he, you know, he, I don't know that I would like literally like zone out exactly the way that he was and like, you know, freeze and people around him would be like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? But Mm -hmm. I absolutely like on my own when I was younger, uh, I, you know, as a child would like, you know, have these vast fantasy expanse expanses of world in my head where i would mm-hmm. like become other characters become like you know superheroes become you know these active like you know i remember like being in a swimming pool and being you know imagining that i could fly and that i you know had i don't know like i could spin really fast and create a a tornado uh, effect around me that then would be like a laboratory on the inside of it like a tardis kind of situation you know sure yeah and and so definitely seeing you know his his having like what seemed like, you know, a regular, like boring life, you know, and then having a, a vast fantasy uh, world inside his head. That was that that absolutely like when I when I was like 13, 12 or 13, my family moved and I had to start over at a new mm. school and it took me and I was at that point like I had never met. I never had to like actively try to meet people, you know, like just right, all yeah. the kids that I grew up with were just there and they were my friends and now
0: God, thirteen going to a new school is a tough age. It
1: was it was eighth grade, so Oh I mean, it was the it was the one that I had and so it I definitely like I didn't think of it as, you know bad like i was just like mm-hmm. well i'm just i'm here and i'm kind of alone uh you know i didn't i don't have any siblings you know my my parents eventually like a couple years later got divorced as well so that was another kind of you know upheaval mm-hmm. and move but I was like, you know, I I went to a summer camp that was sort of like a nice grounding experience that every, you know, every summer for two months, that was kind of like, you know, an imaginary playland where yeah. everybody else was also, you know, these sort of like weirdos and, you know, perhaps misfits in their school life that then, oh, we all were all weird misfit shaped things that can fit together here every summer. And then that eventually, like, helped me, I feel like in a similar way, I feel like summer camp was... Uh, the, the equivalent of like Walters taking action and act, you know, eventually like starting cause I mean in the movie, like he, he is responsible for this photo and he can't find it. And he's like, well, this is very important, uh, for his job and also for, for the art for, you know, his connection with this artist who, you know, the artist, uh, Sean the photographer Who is yes. like you know Was everything seemed to be living a life That Walter could have only Dreamed of in the beginning like Traveling to you know distant Lands and meeting with Warlords and photographing <laughs> yeah. uh, You know snow leopards The ghost cat and you The know,
0: ghost cat like
1: being off the Grid and like you you know just this you know This sort of ethereal magical Being and Walter's like I work In an office standing yeah. on
0: the top of biplanes flying into volcano pyroclastic flows. <laughs>
1: exactly. Heard rumblings, life's done. Huh? I want to say thanks. Take a look inside. A gift for all the years of hard work. Sorry about the negro. I spilled some blood on it while self-stitching a gun wound to my abdomen, but number 25 is my best ever. The quintessence of life. I think I trust you'll get it where it needs to go. You always do. And so I feel like maybe there was a there was a guy at my summer camp, uh, a friend of mine named Ari, who like when we were thirteen uh, that summer. He like he just sort of like took an interest in me And was like mm-hmm. uh, hey like Hang out with me and let's like make up these games And let's play and let's And here here I have a bunch of friends and like here Come into this yeah. world and I And that was people like people like that are special It was life changing and mm-hmm. I mean He also is like the first person Whose guitar I ever played And then that <laughs> is what led me to like Want to play the guitar which led me To wanting to be a singer songwriter Which led me to doing Comedy like without this kid without this guy he's still a friend to this day and he's a wonderful person and oh that's
0: so wonderful and it's
1: so funny cuz he's also like he's a lawyer and you know <laughs> i'm like but he's so funny i'm like you could be a comedian you could do all the things but at the time he like represented uh i was like he was like i was like hey thank you for inviting me you know into this world of like all these cool kids these cool summer camp you know compassionate artsy weirdos and he was like yeah. well you're cool thanks for being you know thanks for Thanks for wanting to hang out with me and us. And it's such, you know, that's such a beautiful thing when it's like, you know, neither of us are doing each other a favor or we're both doing each other favors. You know, that's like what here's a a quick aside. Uh, My friend Gus, who is like one of my best friends, uh, is a practicing Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And so I've been learning a lot about Buddhism. And one of the things that's true in Buddhism is that Pretty much everything that exists, it comes into existence via causes and conditions like like, okay. you know, something that exists now was caused by a thing a moment ago or, you know, a year ago. Like we were caused by our parents, among other things like or like a, a clay pot is caused by there being clay and then also there being a potter like there's, you know, different causes <laughs> yeah. and conditions yeah. and usually causes and conditions. Uh, it's that a cause precedes its effect. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that in in time, chronologically, the cause happens, and then later, the effect happens. Like, whether it's a moment later, or a year later, or whatever it is. But he mentioned at one point in, in passing that a cause could be, like, simultaneously, like, chronologically at the same time as its effect. And I was like, can you describe what's an example of that and he I think the example he gave was imagine like two playing cards that are like leaning up against each other in like a pyramid kind of shape like and imagine that they are they're holding each other up so they are each the one card is the cause of the other card being able to be held up and this card is is the cause of the other one and I feel like that's that's like a a wonderful metaphor for like the way I feel like you know that friendship worked and perhaps all friendship or all relationships that we're all potentially you know Uplifting each other, you know. Like I put Rini on a pedestal, she puts me on a pedestal. I'm like, hey, who's yeah. who's at the bottom? You know, who's holding? Like we're we're both. It's it's all up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you know, to me, perhaps you know, Ari represents uh, Sean, the photographer in the movie. Yeah. You know, who was like Walter's inroad to adventure, to you know, being invited or you know, welcomed into uh or onto this journey of you know of self-discovery which you know it's such a funny thing that you know ultimately without spoiling anything you know the the answer as it so often ends up being is like oh it was inside you the whole time you know you had the (laughs) you had the power to click your heels together and uh and and there it was or like do you know the the concept of uh Chop wood, carry water.
0: This feels like I have heard this this adage yeah. said to me, but please elaborate.
1: It's uh, another, I think, Buddhist or Buddhist related thing. Uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, okay. chop wood carry water and like the idea being like let's say and you started do, you start doing comedy and you're like how do I do comedy and you're like well you get on stage you write and you perform you write and you perform and like what else And like that's it and then eventually you know 10 years in you're like oh yeah I think I know what I'm doing now I am more enlightened about my process of doing comedy than I was when I started what do I do now yeah. write and perform write and perform the yeah. same step so I feel like you know Walter like ends up in, like, you know, geographically the same place that he started uh, at the beginning, and also he, at the end of the movie... Uh, his job situation is different, perhaps, quote, unquote, worse. And yet, <laughs> and, you know, like he's gone on this, you know, emotional journey of growth. And I, I feel like for me, you know, like I no long I do still sometimes go back to the summer camp and do like stand up workshops there for these kids. Oh, cool. Um, And but it, at the time when I was a teenager, I became a counselor, a junior counselor, a counselor. And I was there for like, you know, 10, 15 years. And at, there was a time when I never imagined that I would be able to like leave the place that I would I would ever want to not return and uh-huh. but I had
0: This is not not part of the plot of theater camp that just came out this uh, I' flat I'm, I'm Molly Gordon very <laughs> excited
1: to see it and and here's the, a cool thing uh, that. I feel like my whole life has essentially like finding comedy, like find, you know, becoming, being able to create, you know, comedy art for a living. Mm -hmm. Like my life has become summer camp, you know, like it used to be Mm -hmm. just two months a year, but now I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's all summer camp. It's all, you know, obviously you have to pay your taxes and, you know, do some, send emails and other admin. But I feel like, the same way now that, like, Walter, you know, he went on all these adventures and now he might never do that again. He might. He might travel the world yeah. repeatedly. But also now, like, you know. He might have know. got his
0: entire eHarmony bio together in one 24-hour period. Yes.
1: And and now not even needing it by the end of the movie Uh because he's there. And I feel like the adventure is now in him at the end, you know. Yeah. I feel like another, another part that, like, specifically resonated was I, I love – Adam Scott's villain in this movie, like God,
0: he's just built for that. He, like I, I, like came, I, came on. I saw him. I was like, this is, this is just a part that you were destined to be. This kind of character,
1: and it's it's so interesting because he also like he is. I mean, he's such a good actor, and he's in so many different things, and he's so often like the nice guy. You know, in Parks and Rec, he's a nice guy. Yeah. You know, he's the a hero in you know Severance. You know, like he is there's nuance but he's such a good he's such a good bully like when when walter's just holding a cake and he's like what do you do cake man
0: ted Hendricks, managing director of the transition
1: hey tim notton sales Gary manna graphic design and
0: what do you do cake man oh uh i uh (laughs) i do it the uh just for today, I'm not a cake man. I do a uh, i i deal directly 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 with uh, life's photo units to manage I'm Sorry, negative. I was really getting into the song. I stopped listening to you.
1: And at one point, he's just you know Walter is like frozen in in a daydream, and he's like, "Are you the Tin Man?" And like that specifically resonated with me because like one of the ways in which I have been. Uh, like I have been like called like robotic, you know, or, uh, like stiff in similar ways. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, obviously we're all like, you know, if you're human, you're human. There's, there's emotions, there's things happening, whether you move around a lot or not. Uh, there's a lot of stuff moving around on the inside, but like eventually like seeing, you know, it was very cathartic at the end when Mm -hmm. Walter has gotten to a place where he doesn't Need to put up with that guy's guff anymore, and he can just yeah. be like, you know, kind of uh, offer like compassionately, like, "Hey, hey, do you know our motto? Life. I'm loving it. That's no, that's that's McDonald's." This thing that you do, Ted, where you come into a place and you push people out, you should know that those people worked really hard to build this magazine. They believed in the motto. And I get it, you got your marching orders and you have to do what you have to do. But you don't have to be such a dick. Put that on a plaque. And hanging at your next job, essentially, like Adam Scott's character is like a high school bully who is a grown up, but is still a high school bully. And Walter at the beginning is like like the prey for this bully, and but then he grows so much that he's just like emotionally bigger at at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, he grows; he's a grown up, Uh, and that was resonant in ways where you know for when i was in high school the the fear that i had of people of people who were like picking on me like loomed very large and mm-hmm. then eventually you know finding my people at summer camp and then going to college and then finding comedy and like becoming an adult where, you know, hopefully, I'm I'm very fortunate. I don't have to, like, work at an office where there are people that can treat you that way and you have to stay there for the <laughs> money. Like, the, the worst thing that happens is somebody comes up to me after a show and they're like, I didn't like it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. then uh, have a good day and let's never talk yeah. again.
0: <laughs> yes, see you never. Yeah. All right. Let's part ways as not friends then.
1: Yeah. So... I also just I really love, you know, that he he kept meticulous notes Walter kept like, you know, in his checkbook, even for like
0: Yeah, in his checkbook. For
1: like the fantastical things that he was doing, like flight to Iceland or Greenland or, you know, and
0: Yeah, there's all these little things for like $60, $40, flight to Greenland, $2,780 or something like that. And
1: so I also resonate greatly with, for my comedy, for my jokes, I keep meticulous notes. I have a digital recorder that I record ideas into. Mm. When it's full, I put them into a a physical notebook. I write them out. When the notebook is full, I type them into a computer. I keep track of things. I keep records. I archive emails and make note of them. And like when, when an anniversary of an email that was nice comes up, it'll pop up in my inbox and i'll be like oh this is nice maybe i'll (laughs) reach back out to the the friend that i was communicating with a year ago and be like look at this this was a year ago and i also feel like there's maybe a, a larger analogy to like in my adult life i have uh enjoyed uh and found meaning from uh various psychedelics Mm -hmm. and like mushrooms or ayahuasca and Mm -hmm. a thing that's very important in like doing psychedelics i think if you want to you know have a a meaningful purposeful like you know enjoyable or you know whatever a good experience they you know they talk about set and setting you know Mm -hmm. Uh, because essentially you're going to lose potentially lose control you don't know what's going to happen mentally emotionally spiritually so you want to you know, have in place. You're like, who am I going to be with? Where am I going to be? Like, do I have... This
0: sounds exactly like Walter's, you know, flights of fancy into his own imagination. Yeah,
1: And, and so I feel like similarly, you know, he his, I'm like, his checkbook represents, he's like, this is the organization. And so like Mm -hmm. the control that you have over which, and he's like, all right, now a flight, you know, to Europe, now a flight to Asia and just, you know, getting out of the comfort zone or expanding the comfort zone, uh, in a way that, you know, you, you do your best. We, and I think, you know, Mm -hmm. everywhere in life, we do our best to, you know, make it so that we We know what's going on. We prepare as much as we can. We have everything in order. And then we're like, all right, now let's see what happens when I eat this thing (laughs) or drink this thing or fly to this place to try to find this photographer.
0: We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Mike about his own biggest Walter Mitty-esque adventures. And then you will have one quick thing about... The latest from writer and director Emerald Fennell, and I'm extremely excited about it. So let's chat about it at the end of the show.
1: Throughout history, sirens have captured men's attention, enticed men with their feminine wiles, and fulfilled men's primal needs. The sirens'
0: allure Uh, persists. They
1: have not. Unless the primal need is, I need to be smashed on the rocks. Yeah, sm- smash me,
0: smash me, smash mommy. me, mama, smash me, mommy. <laughs> 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 the sirens alert. Little- <laughs>
1: for- Why do we st- do this to ourselves? <laughs> Strand me, baby. Strand me, me, baby. So yeah, this is my brother, my brother, and me for maximum fun on Mondays. It's just like that. Just like that. More- <laughs> it's just like that. But more of it. There's, there's this more of that.
0: The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom,
1: Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Spider-Man
0: 2, Master
1: Detective Archives rain Code for Nintendo Switch?
0: No? Is that just me? <laughs> it's a huge time for video games.
1: You need somebody to tell you what's good, what's not so good, and what's amazing. I'm Jason Schreier.
0: I'm Maddie Myers.
1: And I'm Kirk Hamilton. We're the hosts of Triple Click a video game podcast for anyone who likes games.
0: Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Welcome back to Feeling Seen. I'm here with comedian Mike Kaplan, who's feeling seen by Walter Mitty in 2013's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Ben Stiller plays Walter, a reserved office worker who daydreams about big adventures. And as the movie goes on, he begins to make his travel fantasies real.
1: I, uh, I jumped out of a helicopter yesterday into the ocean and had a shark fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, li- listen, I was mentioning before people who daydream too much, they're not content. No, it was
1: real. It really did.
0: Really? Now I'll put down adrenaline junkie. What kind of a shark? Was it like a... Hey, Todd. I can't really talk right now. I'm on my way to a volcano. What the... What is sort of in your your own, like, you know, maturation through your life, what have you found is your personal pursuit of adventure sure if you have had one in your own life. yeah
1: thank you for asking I think I feel maybe a few different things I feel like getting into comedy was maybe the first version of that that
0: that sure sounds like one yeah
1: like if the you know to to continue the analogy that if my summer camp experience was like his daydreaming or like the first you know like, I feel like, because it kind of was a dream, you know, and Mm -hmm. my dream was that that was where I first wanted to become a singer songwriter. And like, you know, I played Mm. at talent shows or in college at the coffee house on campus. And, you know, I I played songs that were like fun songs, funny songs that I'd written just with my friends. And I was like, man, wouldn't this, this would be an amazing experience to be able to, like, have this be, quote, unquote, my job, my living, my Mm -hmm. career. And so I feel like, it was. It seemed like a dream, and then I did. I was like, "Well, what can I do to try and make this dream be the reality?" I mean, and it kind of already yeah. was the reality in in as much as it was. But mm-hmm. I also imagined that I might have to get you know a job in a building in a cube, you know, yes. which which I did. the yeah.
0: The constant the constant thing that freelance and gig workers always think like. I might have to get a job in a cube that I go to every day. Maybe. Is this going to work?
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I when I was in grad school, like that was like another way of extending my like I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting a real job yet. I'm just uh, I was like I lived as a resident assistant for many years at Boston University. I got a job. I studied linguistics. I got a job in the basically the linguistics department of a technology company, which was cool. It was Mm -hmm. it was a job. It was fun. But it was and it was a job. And when I was able to support myself from comedy, I was like, thank you for the job. And uh, mm-hmm. now I will not do it anymore. Yes. Um, yes. And I also, you know, I worked selling coffee at the Barnes and Noble Cafe, uh, proudly serving Starbucks coffee, uh, but mm-hmm. not a Starbucks, which was always fun to tell people when they tried to pay with a Starbucks gift card. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're serving their coffee, but uh, we are proudly refusing their gift cards. And um, <laughs> Proudly. Proudly. I I feel it felt really good. I there was a lot not a lot of power in that position. I had to take it where I could. And so I feel like, yeah, I I did like, you know, the equivalent of, you know, the working a job while dreaming of adventure and then, you know, mm-hmm. going to open mics and eventually and building a comedy career and slowly turning you know the dream you know dream unit by dream unit into reality to the point where eventually people were like yeah I I will pay you money now now Mm -hmm. comedy is your job and I was like well this is outstanding even bigger dream so I feel like that is that is one way. That is like the, the first answer that springs to mind of like, you know, seeking to have my, the adventure be, you know, coming from inside the life and, mm-hmm. and psychedelics, absolutely another version of that. I feel like if that's the first one is like the external version of it, be like, oh, yeah. let me, let me try to exist in the world uh, outside of myself in a way that. Uh, that feels good and comfortable and creative and exciting Mm -hmm. and then I feel like psychedelics is that but inward you know and yeah and I, I feel also you know so many things like my relationship with Rini I feel like is another culmination of like kind of the way that you know when I was when I was in my 20s and I, when I was working a job and I also had, you know, sort of society's idea of like, I want to get married. You know, that seems like the thing. Like I, I enjoyed dating people. I enjoyed relationships. I, I didn't, I, I got married when I was 25. And Okay. Uh, and I stopped doing that when I was 28, and <laughs> I wish her the best. But I felt like I was doing, you know, what I thought I was, in part, what I thought I was supposed to do. Uh, really, yeah. And, you know, because of what I'd learned from, obviously, like, fairy tales, songs, pop culture, media. Literally uh, you know,
0: everything w- we are immersed in growing up as, like, at least pre-Gen Z, everything we were immersed in growing up.
1: Yeah, it's so great that now there is obviously there's loads of you know fractured media uh, options that tell you like, oh you can live yeah, you know you don't you don't have to be monogamous you don't have to be straight you don't have to be cisgender you you can I mean you can be like there's lots of ways to be how are you what way yeah what way <laughs> lots what of way ways to are, be. You? How are you you can here's a lot of options now it used to be there was like three <laughs> options and now there's like yeah. now there's like eighteen options and you're like what if I don't fit any of oh yeah you can make your own major of life as well you know, I, so I got married at, I was like, that seemed to be the, the thing, one of the, one of the not many options. And I truly, like in a chop wood, carry water kind of way, like I, you know, was polyamorous identified, uh, and, uh, open, open relationship guy for, you know, Mm -hmm. for maybe like a decade or so. Uh, and yeah, they're about like, almost. And because I was like, oh yeah. Cause when I got, when I got out of my marriage, I was like monogamy, not for me, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: ultimately I... I It's so funny. I, I, th- I think it's funny that sometimes, you know, on the flip side, when if people try an open relationship and it doesn't work, then people mm-hmm. are like, ah, yeah, open relationships. They don't work. And you're like, yeah, no, no, no yeah. But it's just. <laughs> well,
0: you kind of. What could you have <laughs> yeah, expected? Yeah.
1: And they're like, but you don't hear about all the ones that are just quietly succeeding. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you hear about them when they blow up in the news. And, and but I did the reverse. I was like. I had one monogamous marriage and I was like, "Mm, I don't know if monogamy is workable, you know? And, uh, but now I am in a monogamous, uh, wonderful, loving relationship that I came to, you know, after all of, all of these paths, like I was kind of in some ways seeking adventure in that way. Like the, not mm. wanting to be monogamous. I'm like one person forever? Like, oh god, that right. that on the face of it sounds boring, sounds how could mm. I do that? I need novelty, I need excitement, I need adventure, I need newness. So what I need is the possibility of many people. Uh obviously, what what could one person be? And, you know, now I've met this one person and I'm like, oh, right. this person, like, you know, I could talk about her for hours and mm-hmm. and I'm excited. That she, we continue to both obviously like grow and evolve and learn and change and like she contains multitudes and I contain multitudes and we you know like it's not even it's not just as simple as like you know you can read a new book and then you have a new thing to talk about but I mean there there is that and just uh, I mean and I can be you know a word that I've come up with for myself perhaps others have as well polyplatonic you know I'm like the the same kind of energy like by which I have historically been like i want to meet a lot of new people i want to get to know a lot of new yeah. people i want to like right now i feel like you know i i hope that this isn't uh overstepping as well but it seems to me i'm like like oh you and i like we this is our first conversation sure, i'm yeah. like uh it seems like i think we're friends now it seems like this is like yeah. new <laughs> friendship energy you know
0: Oh yeah and I I and when I like that I the I the notion of like polyplatonic as soon as you said it, it was like wow this just really resonates with me because that feels very similar to how I like I want to sort of in my way be constantly falling in love with like new people in my life and for me That doesn't mean, like, I'm not going to be trying to date those people, but I will pour myself into them sort of with, like, the fervor and commitment of pursuing, like, a crush or someone that, like, you first started dating. Because I'm like, isn't it so great that we've met each other and now we get to keep each other in our lives? (laughs) And I want to do that uh, forever.
1: A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, a thing that I like to think about, I had this safe when I was growing up and I still have it. This, like, tiny, Mm. you know, like, it could fit. Very few things in it, just this little, little safe, like five, five inches by four inches, you know, and uh, it had a spinny combination lock, and you spun it to the combination, and you pushed down a button, and then it popped open. And mm-hmm. then the combination was only one number. It was like such a simple safe. Uh, wow. So yeah. if you knew the number was 15, that's that's the number that you need to spin it to to open my safe. <laughs> Congratulations. But also, you don't even need to know the number. If you know that it's this kind of safe, you can just hold down the open button and then spin, <laughs> spin the dial. And when it gets to the combination number, because it's only one number, it pops open. And so I How think about... How <laughs> user-friendly. Yeah, absolutely. And so I like to think of my myself and like my heart so to speak in that way that like that I uh I for the most that. part I do my best to walk around my life with like the the open button held down Same. and then sometimes you meet another person who is doing that and you're <laughs> like oh like we're we're we've both unlocked the the safe of knowing each other and now <laughs> like I have you know so many like good friends that I've you know it's it's so interesting I hear like in the literature in the the cultural conversation that it's hard to make friends as an adult
0: yeah that's like the that's like the saying goes it's hard to make friends as an adult
1: and I think that I mean I I don't want to you know invalidate anybody's experience I'm sure that for many people they do have difficulty making friends as an adult and I think that perhaps I mean I don't want to say that it's because I am a comedian or because I'm, you know, an artist or because I do the job that I I do what I do because mm-hmm. I am how I am and how I want to be and I yeah. because I want to be open and I want to meet other people who are open to meeting and befriending and getting to know mm-hmm. and exploring and learning and adventuring, you know, uh, emotionally uh, and, you know, in in all the ways that people want to. And, you know, like as a, as a comedian, you know, I want to, I want to reach all the people who would like me, you know, and as, yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah, a that, human, I feel the your same job. way. Like, you're in yeah. the
0: business of finding the people who would like you.
1: And like, I remember I had a very specific uh, experience when, when I was married, uh, I had a valuable experience where I was like, I was married monogamously and I was doing a show and I met, there was a couple, uh, women there at the show Early and I was just like chatting with them As they were seated and I was just like joking Around with no agenda you know like Mm -hmm. when I was single I would have had an agenda Of being like oh I want to be attractive to These women I want to flirt with them I want To I want to impress them I want to be Funny in a way that they like And so in in ways I would you Know maybe not be my Full just natural you Know genuine self Mm -hmm. like You know I wouldn't be lying to them but I'd be like Putting on I'd be performing Yeah 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 but I remember, because it wasn't the show yet, I was just, like, talking with them honestly, and I was joking around in a natural way. And I remember, of the three women, one of them was, like, laughing at all the things that I thought <laughs> that I was that, – that were funny. And two of them were kind of like, I don't – I mean, they weren't laughing. And so I was, like, <laughs> not – and I was, like, well, I don't – and I, that just really resonated with me that I was, like, oh, if I were – if I'm in a dating situation – if I want to be dating, mm-hmm. I want to be – I want to attract the people who – are na naturally attracted to the way that I am yeah. regular I don't want to <laughs> yeah. I don't want to heighten it and then later have them be like wait where'd that guy go yeah and- give them a
0: crushing disappointment it's like well I guess I really only have myself to blame for that one yeah.
1: and and not even myself my my fake self that I made <laughs> yeah. up uh, I have this yep. version of myself <laughs> yeah.
0: to blame for yeah. that who's
1: that guy sorry yeah. <laughs> But,
0: I don't like him that much either.
1: But truly, I and that's the way that I do comedy as well. Is like I want to not. I don't. Not that I don't think about the audience's experience, but I think about. I'm like, who am I? What do I want to say? What do I have mm-hmm. to offer? And then hopefully attract the people to the show and to the comedy that that resonate with that that want that. In any event, there's one, one other thing from the movie that I just wanted to.
0: Yes, please. So Walter
1: works at Life Magazine, which is yeah, really. I mean, I feel like. The People's Improv Theater in New York. There was a backstage uh, a sign up that said, you know, for people who are going on stage to do an improv scene, probably, but I like it in life. That said, assume that everything's on purpose and everyone's a genius. Okay. And and uh, I, I, you know, why not? You know, be generous in that mm-hmm. way. And so, like in the movie, I'm like, oh, I, it never even really occurred to me. I'm like, oh, the. The magazine he works at is Life, and that mm-hmm. is by design. They chose that, and, like, because the whole movie is about life, like, mm-hmm. not the magazine, the magazine, but also life. And, that, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's why the magazine called itself that as well. I'm sure I'm not a big, I never read Life magazine <laughs> much. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah. And so the motto of Life magazine, as uh, portrayed um, in the movie.
0: I like the motto,
1: company, do you know it? Uh, to see the world. Things, things dangerous, dangerous to, to come to. Come to. To see behind walls. I um I got this from Sean.
0: He gave this to you?
1: Yeah. I like that. To draw closer. It ended with like to find each other and to feel that mm-hmm. is the purpose of life. And that was just I'm like, yeah. Like, d- like <laughs> yeah. D- duh. Like, I mean, like, thank you. Like, of course, please. It's just so so simple and so beautiful and so meaningful. Uh, And, and that was like what, you know, what Walter cared about. Like he, Mm -hmm. he did his, his job, like the cog in the wheel that he was like to help the art uh, get out there into the world, like so that people could see it, could feel it, could, you know, could connect with each other, could feel seen. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I mean, that's, you know my goal as a as a comedian and a human being and a podcaster and a yeah. podcast guest or co-host is you know to to connect with people, to, you know, to find out what, you know, what people's superpowers are, to find out what Mm -hmm. makes them uniquely themselves, what excites them, what they're into. Like, if I share a conversation with someone who, you know, has a a particular characteristic or disorder or disability or Mm -hmm. special interest or, and then people are listening and, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing, you know, like to let, To let people know that, like, you know, obviously we can divide ourselves into political tribes or into, you know, religions. And I mean, and obviously, like, cultural heritage is meaningful and valuable and wherever you, you know, whatever words and ideas and concepts, like, resonate with you, it's cool. And just to, it's nice to know that everyone... There's all, all the options are out there. And also, even if, if you don't see yourself out there, you're in there and you can be like, well, this is me. And then mm. maybe then you say this is me and then somebody else is like, oh, that's me, too. You know, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that's sort of my uh, way of it over here with like my my queerness and such is just like, well, I'm just going to say this kind of as often as it makes sense, because I found that it's an under discussed thing enough to where I get enough enough feedback that's like. Wait, that's an option that it's like, well, I guess I, I really should keep saying this. So people just know they've got the choice if they want it.
1: Yeah. You know, one time a photographer friend of mine uh, was like working on a book of like comedians that he photographed. Mm-hmm. And I remember him. He like I ended up self-publishing it. And I remember he was like pitching it to like, you know, or organizations, publishing houses. And one of the things they said is like they were like we've never seen anything like this before and so like we don't know like how it would do in the market, you know. But he was like you've never seen anything like this before. Like isn't isn't that good, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, isn't
0: that the point?
1: <laughs> and you know, I remember Josh Gondelman, a dear friend uh what
0: a, I never met the guy, but seems like the nicest man you can oh, ever hope to come across you should
1: get get him on here i'm 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 sure you would become fast friends as well I remember he he tweeted something once that was like uh if you want here's like the steps to make uh to to sell a successful movie step mm-hmm. one was it already a movie great and <laughs> yeah. yeah was it not mm, that's not that might not work and there's a, there's a quote I like from a poet named Robert Haas. Mm-hmm. Repetition makes us feel secure. Variation makes us feel free. Mm. And those are both valuable. Like, they're both important. It's important. It's valuable sometimes to feel secure, and it's valuable other times to feel free. Too much security, and you're, you know, you're trapped. Yeah. Uh, too much freedom, and you're groundless. You know, mm-hmm. you need both of these. And I feel like that's another, like, set and setting thing. Like, all right, let's ground ourselves and then do psychedelics. Let's, mm-hmm. you know... Let's figure figure out uh, how to support ourselves, and then like try a lot of new, exciting, adventurous things. So it's nice that people like for identity can be like, oh, there's one I, that could be me. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm like a reboot of that identity. Or but then you're like for every once in a while when somebody's like I've never even heard of that identity isn't Uh that cool well that's a that's an original that's a that's beautiful like (laughs) it's cool that people are coming up with new more and more you know like the words will never do it what is me what is me in this moment right now and you're like uh, well okay it's uh, a guy I'm a guy I'm a comedian (laughs) I'm I'm a guy yeah I'm a I'm a a thing I'm a noun I'm I'm a lot of stuff but like you know you can you can never say all the things that you are but it's uh, it's nice to it's nice to start
0: you know what that is I think that is I think that's a the the bow on the on the package (laughs) is you can never say all the things that you are but it's a nice place to start and that is I think kind of how I hope like a part of this conversations always go is like listen this character can't be the totality the thing that I am but it's a nice place to start And so, Mike, thank you for giving us such a nice place to start with getting to know you on this podcast.
1: Thank you. I I had such a wonderful time. You were a wonderful <laughs> host. Thank you so much. And, and I don't just mean that because you let me talk for a long, long time. But uh, that's that's. It's not not because of that. But uh, I I loved it. I'm happy to know you and to be friends and to and you are hereby officially invited to be on my podcast so we can continue. Fantastic. Uh, Let's do all it. That y- you talk a lot. And right.
0: uh, I I yeah. we uh, there was recently a great pod swap. I was on camera esposito's and and she was on mine and i'll keep this train going for sure i
1: love it i mean it was it's a a a wonderful a delight to talk to you thank you so much for having me uh it's a great pleasure
0: thank you so much for coming on thank you so much to mike kaplan new friend mike kaplan uh mike's podcast is broccoli and ice cream His book is called Heart, Brain, Art, Train. And we will put a link in the show notes to his website, MikeKaplan.com, where you can find links to all of his comedy. And the one quick thing before I go, Emerald Fennell, writer, director, she's got a new movie on the way, and it is a Lucky Chap production yet again, uh, with Margot Robbie, I believe, acting as the big man behind the curtain. Um, she's got an Oscar in hand, and now she is giving us, from what I understand, uh, erotic, debauched thrills. One dare, might say, an erotic thriller. Um, it is, first of all, it stars Barry Keegan and Jacob Elordi. So, you can, like, guess the weird intensity factor is gonna be pretty high already. And based on the teaser that has been released, It looks like uh, Barry Keegan's character, who attends Oxford and is not as moneyed as some of the students around him, really connects with um, Jacob Elordi's character, Felix, who is very moneyed and who hails from an estate, uh, a manor, a castle, a palace. I don't know what you want to call it, but it looks uh, expansive and opulent uh called Saltburn. And when summer comes around and Oliver doesn't really have a place to go like so many of the students do, Felix invites him to come spend the summer at Saltburn. And then uh in the trailer we see uh rich people getting up to what rich people do in movies that are about the travails of excess and sex and drugs and money. And all of that coming together in what seems to be like a kind of, probably for our dear uh, Barry Keegan, uh, a brain-breaking exercise in seeing how the other half lives. Who knows if his sanity will survive? Who knows if someone's gonna die? It kind of looks like a place where someone's not gonna make it out alive. And you have, um, this movie also features, within the trailer at least, God, I hope it makes it to the final film, Rosamund Pike's character uh saying that she has an absolute horror of ugliness and she always has in her life and I don't know an erotic thriller seeming film made by uh the woman with the aesthetic and obviously the ideas of promising young woman featuring a uh, kind of constant MVP uh Rosamund and cool girl icon obviously Rosamund Pike delivering a a line about her horrors the horrors of ugliness this looks like one of those movies that is made specifically for me and i am so excited for it to come out it looks like it's a november release date happy thanksgiving i feel blessed already and uh i look forward to us all finding out together what goes on behind the walls and doors of saltburn one tweet did say that like in the reviews coming out of its uh early festival premieres that uh i think it was academy voters will uh be polarized by barry keegan's naked dancing and bathtub slurping so it sounds like those are two details we can look forward to uh that is that's enough for me I'm this this voter if I was a voter I'm not a voter if I was a voter I would be I guess firmly polarized into the camp of uh fuck yeah Barry Keegan naked dancing and bathtub slurping so can't wait for salt burn from Emerald Fennell and that what a note to go out on that is our show you can follow us on twitter at feeling scene pod or send us an email at feeling scene at maximum bun.org if you want to follow me I'm jork crew on twitter our theme music is by Andrew Epen. The show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun.
1: Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artist owned shows, supported directly by you.